Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Welcome to Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. If you've ever been burnt out because of your job, your relationship, or just your life, this is the place for you. We will talk all things burnout by sharing deep stories of personal transformation each week with a new guest who vows to share their stories without leaving out the scary bits. This is raw, honest, and brought to you by acupuncturist and burnout coach Kate Donovan, whose own experiences make her determined to change the current burnout culture. Today, we have for you a deep discussion on the theories of Chinese medicine, body trust, and resting for optimal health. I'd like to share a big thank you to my friend Sarah Swanberg of Indigo Acupuncture in Stamford, Connecticut, for sharing a burnout theory from Aviva Ram with me in our recent chats. It was useful in this episode. E. Douglas Kinn will share his lifelong experience in the healing arts and the words and theories that saved him from burning out. We talk about the three levels of healing and what true healing really means. He'd like to remind you, true healing happens most when you trust your body. Hello, my lovely listeners. Today, I have a great interview with you from someone who treats burnout in his practice every day. E. Douglas Kinn is a doctor of oriental medicine with 35 years of experience practicing and teaching Chinese medicine. He currently practices wellness coaching and lives and works in West Los Angeles, California. He produces the YouTube show Body Trust Mornings and has authored four books, the latest of which is Chinese Medicine for the Modern World, Ancient Wisdom to Stop Worrying, Hurrying, and Overeating. E. Douglas Kin, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome. I love the title of this book. Well, uh, thank you for inviting me, Dr. Donovan. I did not mention to that I do not have a PhD, so I don't get to be called doctor. No, but that, that's your job. So <laughs> I just call you by your job. <laughs> it that's is my what job. You do. Yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about why this book came out. You've authored four different books, but this particular title, I want to read this again so that uh-huh, people can, uh-huh. can really hear this. Sure. Chinese medicine for the modern world, ancient wisdom to stop worrying hurrying and overeating. What brought this particular book on? Well, over the years, I've noticed that um, pathology uh, in the United States, where I live, and and the modern world in general, uh, falls into three major patterns, uh, which are easily recognizable using Chinese theory, but um, translated into uh, modern habits. You know, it all breaks down to worrying, hurrying, and overeating to compensate for the worrying and hurrying. So, uh, you know, and I spent so much, so many years in the beginning uh, treating the effects of worrying, hurrying, and overeating with acupuncture and with herbology and, you know, everything else that we do. And I found uh, 
that it was it was kind of like uh, two steps forward and one step backward, or sometimes one step forward and one step backward. And so I started paying more attention to preventative health care, which in the end um, answers you know answers these problems much better. But of course, teaching people to drop these habits, and they are habits, is, is very difficult and it's a huge challenge. So I decided to write this book uh, as, a, um, as a mass publication. You know, it's not a textbook, it's for a general audience. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of tips in there, uh, as you know, for helping people to stop worrying, stop hurrying, and stop overeating. Yeah, and the great thing about the book, I think, is that the first seven chapters of the book are dedicated to teaching people the basic ins and outs of Chinese medical jargon with little quizzes at the end of every chapter so that people can really understand the worldview behind some of the things that you're teaching them. So is this something that you give to your patients or your wellness coaching clients in order to help them along in their process. Exactly. Uh, you know, this is written with patients in mind. And uh, what I want to do, what I want is for uh, doctors who practice or uh, holistic medicine, uh, especially acupuncturists and herbalists, to get this book and make it available to their patients so that they can communicate. Because communicating with your doctor is so terribly important. Uh, and I've seen study after study where um, people are just not communicating with medical doctors because, you know, I call that emergency medicine. And uh, you, you need a lot of education to understand the lingo. And understanding and communicating with your doctor uh, helps uh, patients participate in their own healing process. And that's so terribly important when we're trying to substitute unhealthy habits with healthy ones. Yes, this is something that's come up in almost every conversation that I've had with people so far. Yeah, being an active participant in your health, whether you are recovering from burnout or you're going through something else, being in a position where you are not taking your health problem and putting it in someone else's lap and saying, here, please fix this for me. Being actually someone that shows up and says, okay, here's the full package. How can we do this together? What parts do I need to do? What parts can you do? And how are we going to figure this out? This was something that actually caused me to burn out in my first four years as an acupuncturist because I was working full-time in an infertility center. And these women, couples, were so tired because it's an exhausting process that it often felt like if they could just take out their uterus and hand it to me and I could give it back with a baby, they would have been happy. <laughs> right. But, you know, we as uh, health practitioners are really the assistants. Right. Uh, we have to see ourselves as assisting uh, the, uh, the patient. So it's really the patient who is in charge, and we, we can never lose uh, sight of that. So. Yeah, it's really important. I want to read something that you wrote in your book. Because while you don't have a clear burnout story of your own, um, there, there is something that I read that sort of hit me. You could have ended up as a burnt out person, but there's something about Chinese medicine theory that, that saved you. So I want to read this quote and then ask sure. you about the theory behind it. Sure. In, your, in your book, you wrote, yin-yang theory changed me from a worrywart to a calm man. Every time something bad happens to me, bad in quotes, 
I know in my heart of hearts that something quote unquote good will come from it. Every time something good happens, I watch for the inevitable negative consequences. Nothing knocks me for a loop or destroys my sense of calm anymore. Yes. <laughs> what a powerful statement. So people know generally that the yin yang symbol is the black and white circle. Right. Right. We, we call it something else, but the yin yang symbol is this black and white circle with the black and white dots. So how did that theory change you from a worry wart to a calm man? Well, I came to the realization that uh, yin and yang are, while they're opposites, they need each other and they become each other um, and they contain each other. And so I started looking at problems as blessings because um, problems help me grow. You know, and that's the yin becomes yang and the yang becomes yin. To tell people problems and solutions are of equal value, just as yin and yang are of equal value. And of course, this is all based on what we learned, Taoist uh, philosophy. This is this is the basis of Taoist philosophy, and Taoist philosophy is the basis of Chinese medicine. It goes back more than two thousand years. So that when I have a problem that's confronting me, I realize, for one thing, that that's all about the future. The future, and the future doesn't even exist, does it? The future is just imaginary. So why am I living in the future all the time? Why don't we get back to the present, which is where, which is what really exists? In the future, you know what I do? What I do, tell you, I'll tell you the truth, is I make a plan, right? But I write it in pencil. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to chip that that plan in stone and say this is the way it's got to be. No, 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 no. That sets up all this chi stagnation, well, uh, mental stagnation, right? So, and stagnation is pain. So that, yeah, I write it in pencil because I know I'm going to be changing that a lot of times, but this is the best that I can do for now. And that whatever comes up, chi whiz, I can handle it. I can handle whatever comes up because look how far I've come. You know, look where I am now. I've, I've come through so many problems, so many obstacles, and here I am. I'm okay. So right. I know that I can. I know that I can handle whatever comes down. Yeah. So that that stops me from worrying. And believe me, I used to worry myself sick. You know, as a young man, I was worrying about everything. And I just I came to that realization through Taoist philosophy that it's all pointless. It's all useless. <laughs> in fact, in fact, it makes me sick. So yeah. you know, this is this is how I try to help um, people um, stop worrying because it's it's totally useless. And okay. you know, most people right right at the get go can agree that yeah, worrying is useless. Worrying doesn't help. Some people disagree, but then you know, it's easy to talk them out of that, right? But then it's actually changing the, that habit. It's actually getting rid of that habit uh, that counts. And so that's why I wrote this book. That's one reason I wrote this book is so that people can learn to drop that habit. The nice thing about habits, of course, is that they're learned, you know, and that means they can be unlearned. Right. And they can, and we can put healthy habits in their place. And so I have a lot of tips in that book on um, how to how to stop that worrying and uh, yeah, substitute healthy habits for it. Yeah.
Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. Well, and it, I want to go back to what you said, because basically what you told us is the things that you need in order to stop the worrying and the hurrying are flexibility and resilience. Yes. True, true. Uh, and that means uh, balance. You know, we are all about balance. We're, uh, we, I say, in Chinese medicine, we're not really that concerned about purity. You know, purity is some kind of end product where, yay, I'm there. Well, we don't see it that way. We see it as balance. And that's why we're always paying attention to the moment, always being in the present, because that's where balance is. You're always going to be knocked off guard or knocked off balance by something. So you have to regain your balance. And that means paying attention. Right. And so to me, that there, there's a really strong correlation between what we consider balance in Chinese medicine, which is in constant flux and in constant movement, yes, just like you're yes. saying, this is not standing when, when doing life coaching presentations with um, my partner in Poland, we often pretend like we're walking on a balance beam and say, this is not balance. This is being already at the extreme because anything that's going to happen to you is going to tip you and you're going to fall. Yeah. Being balanced means that when you get hit, you can sort of wave in and out of that center place and not and and your amplitude for how far you're going to go out of that center is smaller that's correct you know and uh, there's that old uh, analogy of a reed in the wind you know if it's a stiff reed it's going to get knocked over but if it's flexible it'll come back you know and i like to tell people you know life life is kind of like watching a movie you know, it doesn't mean that you don't feel emotions. Yeah, you're watching a movie, you feel all the emotions that the, the director, the actors want you to feel. Uh, but deep inside, you know it's just a movie and you can walk out anytime. And that's right. the way I feel with um, all this uh, stressful situations that, yeah, I can, I can detach myself from that because I'll, t I'll tell you what, Caitlin, um, Nothing and no one is worth sacrificing my peace of mind for. My peace of mind is precious, and I will not give it up for anything. Yeah. 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 And that's a hard lesson to learn. So if you have someone who is a typical warrior, which is, is so common, I mean. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. What would be one of the first things that you would suggest that they do? Number one, you have to be physically active. Because when your brain is on overload, 
that's a message from your body that says, turn this off. I can't take any more of this thinking. I need to get physical. I need to go running. I need to go lifting. I need to do some yoga, qigong. You know, I need to get into my body. So that's number one. If you're not exercising on a regular basis, it's pretty hard to, to get out of it. It's pretty hard to get out of this, this maelstrom of obsessing about stuff, right? So, so that's, that's the starting point. Second, get back into the moment. So how do you get people back into the moment? It's by constantly stopping oneself from being in the future or the past. And some people stress about the past, which also doesn't exist, right? right? So every time that you see yourself going into the, the present, stop. Now, what helps some people is to do a little log, you know, to write it down and show it to me. I want to I see your worry log, okay? Every time you, you find yourself worrying about the present, even though you've made a plan, you've got a plan, and you're still thinking about the what if, what if, what if, right? I want you to write that down. Write down the time. Write down what you were worrying about. Uh, and if you solved it, if you got back into the moment somehow or not, right? So we bring that in and we talk about it. Um, because just the act of writing this down says, you say, it's a message to yourself that says, I am important. I'm important enough to write this down. You know, that's a huge commitment. And... It's that self, you know, that self reinforcement that has kind of an automatic effect. I do the same thing with overeating. When people overeat in order to counter the effects of worrying and hurrying, I have them write that down. What are you feeling? What's your body telling you? Uh, you know, I put them on a number scale. Maybe you've read that in my book, but yeah. I call it hunger awareness training. So um, it's getting people back in touch with their true selves because your true self has the answers. The answer inside of you, uh, you know, Lao Tzu, who wrote the original uh, Tao Te Ching uh, on Taoist uh, philosophy, said, if you look deep inside, you have the answers. You know who you are and you know what you need. Yeah, but in order to do that, you need to start paying attention. And in order to start paying attention, you need a system so that you can right. notice what's happening. That's right. And assistance, a system yeah. and assistance. So that's what we're for. That's what we do. One of the things that I've noticed about people who are really beyond, they've already done the worrying and hurrying and overeating, and they're totally burnt out, is that movement is a really difficult thing for them because their bodies are so physically exhausted that they cannot get up and go for a run because it will destroy them further. Now, well, yes, that's absolutely. Right. So this makes sense in Chinese medicine because we see people at a very basic level. You, I'm, I just want to say this for the listeners, but this, this is very basic, you guys. And if there are other acupuncturists listening, please be aware that I am saying this with patients in mind and not, and not mm -hmm. other acupuncturists in mind. We mm -hmm. see people often as being too full of energy or too empty of energy. And often, once we get to the place of chronic stress that has already led to being burnt out, your body is physically depleted. So exercising on a high level will not at that moment be beneficial to you. So in, for that type of person, if there's somebody listening that's in that place right now who decided to try to go for a run but then needed a three-hour nap to recover, what is it that they should do? They should trust themselves. So I'm all, you know, the, the, the name of our morning show is Body Trust Mornings. 
I'm all about self-trust. So if your body says, God, I'm wiped out, I have no energy, well, don't expand it, right? Sleep. Okay. Sleep, of course, is, uh, is terribly, terribly important. Um, you know, because of our diet, uh, we're, we have a mixed diet, we're omnivores, um, we need about uh, 12 hours of yin and 12 hours of yang. Yin, of course, is quiet, uh, relaxing, or fun, you know, not work-related, not pro production-related. And generally, we need about eight hours of sleep, but if your body needs more of that, then do it. So if you're tired, what's your body telling you? Rest, right? If you're sleepy, what's your body telling you? Sleep. Uh, but people push themselves and push themselves because no, 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 no. Um, I need to, you know, I need to do this and I need to do that. And I, need, and I understand, you know, uh, people have uh, economic pressures. I get that. It's getting worse and worse, of course. Uh, but we have to put our health first. So your health comes first before anything else. And your health depends on self-trust. And that means body trust, trusting your body. The body, you know, is a genius. It's a genius. Uh, when it says I'm tired, uh, you need to rest. Self-trust is really the, uh, the pathway to uh, mental and physical health, as I see it. Right. And I think people get stuck in this... Um, this sort of cycle where they think, but, but exercise is healthy. So what I see with a lot of people that are burnt out, most people that are burnt out are type A personalities. So they have this, you know, right. very typical got to do, got to do, got to produce, got to be, you know, active. And so they push themselves to exercise because it's because exercise is quote unquote healthy. Right. But what you're telling us and what I agree with and what I think is so important for people to hear is that if your body is physically exhausted, you need to rest. Exactly, and sleep. Yeah. In order to recover, because uh, you know, uh, from Taoism we know that yang comes from yin. Well, yang is active, right? Yang is very active, and everything. Yin is the passive and the sleeping. Well, in order to get all that activity, you you only get it from sleep and rest. You know what we're what we're lied to or told by uh, advertising is. Oh, you get all your energy from food. You have to eat in order to keep up your strength. You know, it takes hours to process food and it takes energy away from your muscles and your brain to process that food. You only have a limited uh, supply of energy. So no, you don't get energy immediately from, um, from eating food. You do from Red Bull and other stimulants. Yeah, yeah of course. That's, that's a fake energy. You know, that's, uh, that's where, you know, that burns you out too. Yeah. You know, and what I found too with, with uh, type A personalities who are producing, producing, what we're seeing is an, an amazing occurrence of diabetes type 1. It used to be called juvenile onset, right? Yeah. Now it's happening in adults. Mm -hmm. It's an epidemic in adults. And of course, there's diabetes type 2, which is another, another situation. But what they're doing is they're exhausting their pancreas with the, uh, so much adrenaline, which we call epinephrine now, but all these um, stress hormones constantly, that's, that's exhausting. It's poor little organ, the pancreas, and it can't produce insulin, so the body cannot receive um, nutrition. And, um, you know, that's, that's so common in, in this type of uh, burnout. So rather than get on insulin, uh, you know, rather than wait for that to happen, um, I would say, listen to your body. Uh, now, the only type of exercise that they possibly could do is something like Qigong, 
right? Right. Uh, or maybe some light yoga. That might feel good. It has to feel good. I tell people, you want to exercise, find exercise that your body mind loves. Don't do something. God, don't exercise to burn calories. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous, okay? Exercise because you love it. Exercise because it feels good. Again, you know, it goes back to body trust. Trust your body. Well, and, and also exercise in order to stop the psych, the stress cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if you're constantly in your head and you're spending all your time there, there is a natural progression in the body where stress will end if you are able to finish the cycle. But when you're only in your head, you can't finish the cycle. You need to tell your body, you need to use that energy that the stress created the adrenaline that it created mm -hmm. in order to slow down that cycle. So there's, you can do yin yoga. You can sit in child's pose for five minutes and that might do it for you. If that's the state of, uh, if that's the state that your body is in and that's what you need. I, I often tell people the same, do child's mm -hmm. pose mm -hmm. for three minutes. That's going right. to be your exercise for today because that's what your body can handle right now. In fact, a lot of people who are on emergency mode all the time, they don't breathe. Right. We find that with, you know, they have chest right. problems, they have lung problems, they have heart problems, they have poor posture because they're, they're not breathing. So if you just sit, sit still uh, and breathe deeply for three minutes, it can really change things. That's really exactly help. what I recommend to people, that three minute for the, mm -hmm. for the nervous system, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. But breathing, deep breathing yes. brings in oxygen. Well, I see it as, you know, it creates all this heat. We have people with all of this internal heat, you know, all the hurrying and worrying, of course, creates stagnation, which also creates heat. And so in order to cool that heat, we breathe. So deep breathing brings in air that is cooler to the inside of your body. Your body's what, 98.6. And what's the temperature of the air out here? Maybe 70, right? right? So that, that cools that heat. And then that's inhale. And then exhale releases the tightness. Well, and something interesting that you said just now, this is really fascinating to me because I hadn't thought about it this way before, despite my Chinese medicine background. Mm -hmm. One of my friends did a program training with functional medicine with Aviva Ram, um, Dr. Aviva Ram. I'm not sure if you know who she is. I'll, I'll put her information in the show notes for everybody. Okay. But she was saying that, especially with burnout, most mm. of the time we're dealing with inflammation. And you're saying in Chinese medicine, yep. we call this heat. And we're using a heat word to describe it also, mm -hmm. consciously or subconsciously. The name of my podcast is Fried, right? So we're using all of <laughs> Exactly. Right? No, burnout. What is burn? That's heat, right? Inflammation. Exactly. Go ahead. Right. So that makes so much sense to me that mm. we would need to take the time to slow the function because heat in Chinese medicine means actual heat. So the temperature is higher. It also means um, too much activity. Yes. So our bodies are having to maintain a higher level of internal activity than is necessary for an everyday life, right? right? Which means when we're trying to maintain that balance, when we're trying to maintain what in Western medicine is known as homeostasis, mm -hmm we're having to work twice as hard to do it because there's too much happening in the body all the time. Right, yes, uh, that speediness. You know, I also yeah. tell people, stop speeding, stop rushing. Uh, if you drive, get in the right-hand lane and go the speed limit. The speed limit, these, in the United States anyway, this is not the minimum speed limit, my friends. 
This is the maximum speed limit, okay? Uh, <laughs> because if you only go the speed limit and you're and you're not in the right hand lane, people will, you know, they'll honk at you, right? So, I, you know, what I did was I uh, went online and I ordered a, a bumper sticker that says "Safety first, don't tailgate," and I put it <laughs> and I put it on the left rear bumper, and it's amazing how that stops people from tailgating you. People who have a lot of heat right yeah. uh, and they just go around uh, you know maybe yeah. they're maybe they're angry maybe they're not it doesn't matter but they're not going to pressure me you know and another cause of heat not only um moving fast talking fast walking fast hurrying uh and multitasking not only that is this this chi stagnation what we call in chinese medicine chi stagnation you know anything that the energy wants to keep moving that's energy it just wants to keep moving keep moving keep moving and when it's blocked it starts grinding against that barrier to try to get past it. And that grinding creates friction. And that friction creates heat. And that heat rises up in the body and causes all kinds of minor and life-threatening problems. And so that's the worrying. Right? Yeah, that, yeah. That's the worrying. So your chi, your energy is stuck in the future, which doesn't even exist. So it's going to be stagnant. So it's going to create heat. And, and you can't move past that point because you're not there yet. That's right. Right. So it's going to create inflammatory problems and autoimmune problems. Right. All this heat, you know, what is, an, what is autoimmune? It's um, where the, the, uh, the immune system is working too hard. Yeah. And it's actually going after healthy tissue because it's going to run out of bad guys. So now it's going after the good guys. You know, and this is at epidemic proportions. We have never seen this level of um, autoimmune and inflammatory disorders in the whole history of the world. Yeah. So we are exploring new territory, you and me, and yeah. everybody else who's involved in this uh, stress-busting uh, movement. Right. And so what other, for people that don't know Chinese medicine, you know, mm -hmm. you said autoimmune things might come up and you said other symptoms. What kind of symptoms could people be experiencing that are related to this internal heat that's related to stressing that they might not realize are related? Well, uh, the, you know, the substance inside of us that determines behavior, we call that shin. Your shin can become disturbed. <laughs> so if you're irritable, if you find yourself irritable all the time, well, this is, this is your, your shin that wants to be alone. And this is heat. This is all heat, right? If you're, uh, if a person is a rageaholic, this is heat, isn't it? Doesn't your face get red when you get angry? Of course. That's, right. That's heat, right? And so um, that can be caused by all the hurrying that people are doing, the run, the um, rushing around. You know, not taking breaks. Oh, because that's a waste of time. I can't take a break. Wow, that is that is so heat producing. And it produces stagnation too. So all this constant activity, sitting in one place, uh, uh, you know, these are really bad habits that uh, we have to help people uh, unlearn. And, right. And some and, of the other things that might come up, like irritability is a huge, huge, huge factor in burnout. It's something that almost everyone experiences. But other things that, that are less sort of obvious that might show up are, you know, bloodshot eyes on a regular yes. basis. Right. frequent headaches 
right tension in the neck and shoulders mm-hmm. carpal huh. tunnel you know all of these things that people might not have any idea could be related ibs like issues with bowels and exactly. and cough even a cough can be in Chinese medicine related to this excess heat that we're producing. That's right, and any fluids that are yellowish and viscous, you know, thick, that represents heat. Uh, Skin problems that are reddish, that's all heat, right? That's all this internal heat. So there's a million symptoms. A million million symptoms and a million diseases. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, that, that, are, that are the result of burning out and people are not connecting that. And of course, you and I, that's what we do is we connect people to that yeah. so that they can learn from their bodies. Connect people back to their bodies and back to yes. their lives. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. This is the, you guys that are listening, this is the, the magic of Chinese medicine. We connect dots for you that exactly. were possible for, for you to connect before. And we, the thing that drew me to Chinese medicine at such a young age was that when I read through the books and I started really digging into the material, everything started making sense in my world. Boy, isn't that true? You know, I tell people that Chinese medicine connects everything. Yeah. And therefore it explains everything. Now I'm not saying we can treat everything, but we can explain everything uh, in simple layman's terms, you know, heat, right. how, how hard is it to understand heat? How hard is it to understand right. stagnation? These are right. very simple, user-friendly terms. And yeah. I think the thing is that Chinese medicine is time-tested. Right. It's not Johnny come lately, oh, we just figured this out. Right, no, we've been war- working on this for 2,000 years and, and longer. And so... And we have, and I think the important part about that also is that we've been continuously evolving. There's a, there's a huge faction, there's a huge movement amongst um, American acupuncturists to sort of get back to quote unquote classics, which I think sometimes diminishes the advancements that Chinese medicine has made through the years, because we have to know our classics. We have to know the, the histories that came before us, but, but people are different now. People's problems are different now. And we need Chinese, we need to allow Chinese medicine to evolve to the place where it can treat today's problems with ease, which I think it has, but I feel like that we need to remember that the the ancient part of it and the modern part of it are just as important as one another. That's true. Another thing that I found really profound in your book that I would like to discuss with you mm-hmm. is the different levels of healing. Oh, yes. You wrote, relieve the symptoms. This is the first level of healing mm-hmm. and it's the easiest and quickest to perform, but it right. is often confused with the term cure. Right. Right. Because um, cure, you know, is a magic word. Well, if you cure something, and then uh, it gets rid of it, and then they come back to you the next day, and you cure it again, and then the next time they come in, you cure it again. That's not a cure, is it? Right, <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's a perversion of the concept of cure. Right. You know, to cure something means to get rid of it in a way that it never comes back, and I include in any other form. Right. So you can get rid of an, uh, this autoimmune disease, but if it comes back as another autoimmune disease, have you really cured it? And that's the limit with our, that, that's how our... Um, uh, Allopathic uh, medicine is, is treating things. Well, that's all they do. We right. do a little, you know, a little, uh, um, uh, another step up. We get rid of syndromes. 
though right. with our herbs and our acupuncture, we can diminish these syndromes. These liver cheese stagnation, for example, you can get rid of that. But if it comes back later, a year later, two years later, did you really get rid of it, right? So right. that's the third level of healing. And that requires knowledge of Chinese theory and helping people change their lives. Helping people change the habits that create these things in the, the first habits, place. Right. Exactly. So right. So that's so the hardest. You, right. So you say that there are three levels of healing. You call the first one relieve the symptoms. The second mm -hmm. one break the syndrome, which you mm -hmm. say is relieving symptoms and getting rid of a problem for a long period of time without harmful side effects. Exactly. Right. And then the third level is achieve the cure, which means to cure a medical problem means to relieve the symptoms, break the syndrome and get rid of a problem at its roots. So that is prevented from ever returning in any form. A true cure includes palliative and preventative medicine. Exactly. So I call it preventative health care. You know, there's a difference between health care and medical care. Medical care is you're using some kind of medical technique, which is good, right? right. And these are wonderful. And we love our acupuncture, and we love our herbology, and we love our shiatsu and our moxa and everything else, but they're limited. There's a, there's a quote from the Yellow Emperor, I think it's at the beginning of my book, it's something about, um, uh, you know, the inferior uh, physician waits for a problem to happen and then treats it. The superior physician prevents it. Right. You know, that, this goes back uh, 2,500 years ago. This is the thinking 2,500 years ago. So that is our great challenge uh, of our profession in Chinese medicine is to graduate to this level of preventative health care. And in my opinion, you know, insurance won't pay for it, right? Most insurance right. won't pay for it. And people are not aware of how important it is how very possible it is. Um, so they're not coming to us in the thousands, you know, or they're not lining up outside, but, but they will. Yeah. And that's, that's my belief. That, and it's just based on trends that people are moving away from emergency medicine uh, and they're seeking something different. They're seeking something real, something that really answers the basic causes of the problem. And then that's us. So right. I think the future is on our side and we're getting ready to, uh, you know, to share this with the world. Yeah, so I agree. My book. Yeah. And there's I you agree. doing these interviews. Wonderful. Which I love. And I think I really like the fact that because I combined coaching and acupuncture in my practice mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy mm -hmm. the fact that you use coaching in your practice and coaching, I believe is what you were speaks to what you were saying in the beginning of our interview where there are these habits that need to be broken and we can sort of fix things that are happening in your body but if you're repeating the same lifestyle that created them then we have not gotten to the point of achieving the cure because we have not gotten to the point where we've taught you to avoid doing this in the future that's right it's sort of like um there's a gas leak and uh, your backyard's on fire and so you're using all kinds of fire retardant and hoses and everything but if you don't turn off that leak right. <laughs> you're still gonna have a fire right so and, and there's one more thing that i would really like to cover because it's something that i think stands behind a lot of burnout it has been my experience that this is that this is true and it's something that I really enjoyed that you wrote in your book mm -hmm. that this is also sometimes necessary, that there's not wellness coaching and acupuncture is amazing and it is not always the solution because you say professional wellness coaching cannot always substitute for professional psychological counseling. 
only trained psychological therapists can help people whose deep childhood or adulthood hurts impel them to engage in serious self-destructive behavior patterns. Oh yes. <laughs> you know, and I have, I've had seven years of uh, psychological counseling with four different counselors for four different reasons and four different occasions. And it really changed my life, almost even saved my life. I was in a really bad path. And, um, you know, I got in touch with my, my mother uh, through Gestalt. I, that's, the, that's the most important thing I remember. And we actually became friends. Yeah. Although she's, she was long, long past, right? Yeah. But, she, uh, but so she's my biggest supporter. She was my biggest critic when I was 15. But now she's being my, now she's my cheerleader, like she was when I was a little kid before I became, you know, before puberty. But anyway, so yes, um, things that, trauma that has happened to you, you need to train, someone trained us in, in that. And I also believe in working with other holistic practitioners. So, you know, Ayurvedic stands shoulder to shoulder with Chinese medicine. Um, and there's you know, yoga and um, Qigong and people who do American herbs. So as long as it doesn't cause side effects, you see, that's the key. That's, that's what makes it holistic, in my opinion. That's what makes it an allied, as long as it's not causing side effects. But emergency medicine causes side effects. And when you need an emergency, it doesn't matter. Say, right. when, you're, when your life is on the line or when you're about to lose a limb or an organ or a tissue or something, you need someone with a heavy hand to right. go in there right now and fix it. And the side effects be damned, right? Because yeah. you need that saved. So that's what they're really good at. Uh, I'm talking about people who call themselves medical doctors. Um, they're also good at heroic intervention. So for example, facial reconstruction on someone that was, you know, a, a birth defect or something else, that's not an emergency, but it's heroic. Right, I just had an Achilles surgery because it ruptured and needed to be put back together. Yes, exactly. So, you know, Very injuries, grateful to my surgeon and her exactly. and, and it, all the nurses that took care of me. Yes, and you have a broken bone, don't come to me. No, go to the emergency room, please. <laughs> go to the emergency room, please. So we don't yeah. treat emergencies. We do not treat emergencies. So we right. want, want to make that very clear to people. Yeah, and I, so what I, what I wanted to mention, the section about therapists and trauma, mm -hmm. is because if there is somebody listening that has tried multiple times to change a behavior and has not been successful, mm -hmm. please be aware that you might need additional help in that area. It's not because you're bad or because it's your fault or because you're not strong enough or because you don't have enough motivation. Most often when there is a, a trauma that you may or may not remember and that has created certain behavioral patterns, you're not going to undo them until you on whatever level deal with that. It doesn't always have to be directly dealt with. There are many different therapists with doing many different methods. But right. if you find yourself stuck on this wheel of trying to change your life and you are not making the progress that you feel like you need to make, then therapy might be the thing that you need to turn to to find your way out, to deal with these traumas so that you can then focus on changing the habits and the behaviors. So yeah, I just, you know, yes. I don't want people to get down on themselves if they've been trying to do this for some time and they've been, for whatever reason, unsuccessful. I don't know if I said this in my book, but um, I don't know hardly anyone who cannot benefit from some psychotherapy because we live in a sick, 
society. Uh, and so to not be sick means to not be normal. Right. <laughs> um, so it's too bad that there's a stigma attached to someone who's in counseling, you know, who's in psychotherapy. Yeah. Because I there love therapy. not be. Everybody needs it. Yes, I agree. This is what I'm telling people. You've got trauma. Of course you've got trauma. Your parents weren't trained parents. Right? <laughs> they didn't go through, you know, they didn't get a college degree in parenting. And even so, you know, what do they, what do those people know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've all made mistakes and we repeat the mistakes of our parents, of our own parents. And we live in a society that's dog eat dog. Yeah. How can you be healthy, really, truly healthy in a dog eat dog society? You can only come close to it. So yes, everybody needs it. You need to stop thinking, oh, you know, only, only if you're crazy. No, it's nonsense. Of course, here where I live in West LA, uh, People have their therapist and their acupuncturist. Yeah. <laughs> In a perfect world, right? Yeah, right. In a perfect yeah. world. If this conversation and your knowledge and length of time that you've spent deepening it has been really wonderful for me to listen to. I mean, we are in the same profession, but I've been in for, for 12 years. And, and so you're, you know, 23 years beyond, beyond where I am right now. And it's, it's lovely for me to be able to share this space with you and really hear the way that you've evolved looking at things over time. Um, so I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I'm so grateful. Well, Caitlin, I'm just amazed and thrilled to find someone who's right on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Congratulations. You're a smart lady. You're a smart lady. I Thank like you, doctor. Thank I like you. We're a big fan. <laughs> Everybody, that was a conversation with Dr. E. Douglas Kin, who works in West LA, acupuncturist and wellness coach. And I really hope that this gave you a sense of, first of all, the power of Chinese medicine, the wisdom in the ability to stop worrying and hurrying and overeating. And I hope it encouraged you to also buy his book because I think that there's some really simple tools that he's created for you that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. All this stuff is already there. So please go ahead and use that. And if you liked this episode, please share it as far and wide as you can. Rate me on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to get your podcasts. And subscribe so that you get every episode as soon as possible. Until next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Got each other on our side Plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast With Kate Donovan